Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Kelly Outdoors. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, this is this has been a day of days. I was I was sitting here earlier, and um, the the folks that were supposed to be on were involved in a hunting accident, and they got all kind of tore up, so they're not going to be able to be on the show tonight. And I was hang nosed about that, and hang nosed about the the effects of yesterday's uh, election, and um. My phone rings, I look at it, and it's Kent calling. It's like, oh, Lord, what do you want? And uh, Kent called to cheer me up because he knew how, how much this, this whole thing with uh, the elections yesterday was really probably bumming me out. And he and you know what? It, it, it was perfect medicine. Uh, you know, Kent, uh, Kent's always got a positive attitude about stuff, even when it's, you know, he could be knee-deep in, in alligator crap, and they're coming for him, but he's got... And he's got a positive attitude. Well, like, they ain't that big of alligators, and there's only three or four of them or whatever, you know. He's got a positive way of looking at things and dealing with things at times. And I, I need that I need that kind of help sometimes. But anyway, Kent agreed to come on the show tonight and fill in for these guys. And uh, Kent has probably been on this show more than any other guest we've had in the last three years. And uh, I joke around about it. He's like a co-host almost. And uh, the, co- the, the co-host with the most, that's what it is. But uh, anyway, that was him coughing. He's just trying to let me know that he's still here. So anyway, Kent, welcome to the show, man. Hey, glad to be here. Well, you can always call me Kelly. Pretty, <laughs> that's well, you know, that's kind of a good thing. I mean, it is. I appreciate the fact that you were able to come on the show tonight and do this because I was just, you know, I was like, oh my god, what else can go wrong, you know? Um, but anyway, there's a lot more that can go wrong. Yeah. Now you got that right, but uh, you're fixing yeah. to find that out over the next few years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh. Yeah, just cheers me up. You think it's worth bad? Now give it a few more years. Um, got a real serious question for you. Um, you called and we were talking the other day. It's been a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about a reality show. What in the world were you talking about? Oh, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I told you about. My boy this last year was playing in the state tournament in basketball. Couldn't hear her and my wife she said, Who is that? And I said, uh as some producer from Hollywood, I don't know, but anyhow it was uh Storage Wars. Uh want me to sign a release from the duck calls to be on Storage Wars Texas which I thought was really neat. I said, How about it's going Hollywood? And I said I just didn't know it'd be on Storage Wars. Well, uh the other day I got a call and wanted to know was a producer from uh I would want to know if I'd do, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but you call it Skycam or something like that. Uh, you know, they're doing a thing on the World Duck Calling this year, and they're going to be there to film it, and it's Game Network. And, uh, anyhow, uh, they picked like five people to uh, interview and do part of the deal on, and I happen to be one of them. And so that's kind of cool. And uh, uh, I don't know, they're, uh, we'll see how that goes after that, but they're, Hopefully, trying to get something going. I don't know on all of it, but all I know is whenever they done a deal with me, I didn't even really know how to set it up, and he said, scoot over, and I did. He said, pull up just a little bit more. He said, right there. I said, oh, look. And he said, fine. And he said, are you talking in the mic? I said, look, buddy. And I said, this ain't Hollywood. And I said, this is Arkansas. I don't even know where the mic is. <laughs> but anyhow, that's kind of neat. Uh, uh, it's been my 21st year in the world, and I need to go to practicing since... They're going to be doing something, and they, but which they asked me, they said, "How much does it mean to you? Uh, how important is it?" And uh, uh, all that. Said, "Who's your biggest competition?" And blah blah blah. I said, "Look, I said I've been blessed so much in duck calling, and I said, uh, as far as the world goes in Stuttgart, I said this is my 21st trip. I said I've won nine world meet live team titles, never lost any. I've qualified in 17 different states, whenever major regional. I said I'm three points from being a three-time world champion." And I said, I cannot win Stuttgart, or I hadn't been able to. I said, it takes a lot of luck. I said, uh, and I tell you, I said, uh, if I won, it'd just be completing something for me. I said, well, I'll make the first cut, or I'll win it, or whatever. I'm just happy to be there. And I said, and I done took care of that. I said, because March 30th, I got married on the World Duck Calling stage. And they asked me, man, what are you doing? I said, I make duck calls for a living. I said, breathe up with it. I said, uh, I've lost three wives over duck hunting and duck calling. And I said, and this one here, I said, I've been right in front of my eyes my whole life. And I said, and she's all about uh, family, duck call stuff. And I said, I'm getting married on a world duck calling stage. That way I know I'm winner. <laughs> he beat it. Wow. And Keith, Keith Allen saying, God gave me you. 
Lord's going to make it all right. And then, which I can't sing, but he was singing songs. We may not have no money, but as long as we got ducks, we got it all. And it's pretty cool. And I'll tell you what, I've been, with the way this president stuff's going and everything, I ain't no telling what's going to be happening. So I've been trying to go to church a whole lot more and trying to do it a whole lot better. Because I tell you, my joke of the day, I told you, and it's pretty good. Uh, a Christian woman been trying to get her husband and had never been baptized. Uh, wouldn't go to church with him or anything. She uh, kept trying to get him to go to church. So he, now he wasn't going to do it. Well, where they were living at, anyhow, the water had come up and all that, and they closed this area off, but the fish was wearing it out. This guy goes, gets his boat, goes fishing where he's not even supposed to be. Anyhow, this water's real swift. It comes up even more. Turns his boat over, just the water, everything just sucks it right up under. He don't have a life jacket or anything. He just keeps getting sucked under. There's nothing for him to grab a hold of or anything. And as he's going back down, he looks up, he says, Lord, he said, please. He said, don't let me drown. If you'll just save me, he said, I promise I'm going to become a Christian. I'll be in church every time the doors are open. He said, just don't let me drown. He's back up on top of the water, and his eyes come up, and there's a big log just right there in front of him. And he grabbed a hold of that log, and he pulled himself up. He spit water out and everything. He looked up, he said, never mind, Lord. He said, I found the log. Stop <laughs> <Not> riding. <laughs> oh, me. I thought that other one you told was pretty good, too. Yeah, the one about, uh, that's another one. That's the that preacher told that one. Uh, said, a loving husband has been married all of his life to a nagging wife all of the life that, that they go on vacation in Jerusalem, and they get over there, and she passes. And he asked the man, up, he said, well, how much will it cost to have her shipped back? He said, well, sir, it'll cost you 5000 if you want to have her shipped back. He said, but I tell you what, said, if you, uh, you can have her buried right here for $150. He said, well, let me think on that one. So he got to thinking, and he went back to him. He said, look, he said, man, I just need to have her shipped back. And the guy said, Okay, he said, but I just don't understand. He said, why in the world would you pay 5000 to have her shipped back he said, when you can have her buried right here for 150 He said, well, listen, last time I heard of something like this happening over here, he said, he arose from the grave three days later, and he said, I can't take that kind of chance. <laughs> anyway, but I hadn't told you this one since the preacher told that one. I told him, I said, I got one to tell you. I said, but there's a lot of proof to this. Listen, this man's riding his Harley Davidson uh, along a beach, uh, and on a pretty clear day, he's going through there slow. All of a sudden, this cloud appears right over, stays right in front of the heart. Well, all of a sudden, the Lord appears out from the cloud and says, Son, I just want to let you know. I know everything that's going on, and that you're living my word so good and everything. He said, and I acknowledge everything, and he said, and I appreciate it. And he said, I'm going to grant you any one wish that you want. And the guy said, Man, he said, that's something. He said, well, I'll tell you what, Lord, he said, I want you to do. He said, just build a bridge going here across the Pacific where I can ride my Harley over across the bridge into Hawaii. And the Lord said, well, you know I can do that. He said, but look at all the natural resources it exhausts, the mankind labor it takes and conquer. He said, why don't you wish for something more mankind and more worthy to help all others? And the guy thought about it, and he said, all right, Lord, he said, how about this? He said, well, my wife says that nothing's wrong, and I know there's something wrong, and they say there's nothing wrong, and we don't know what to do to truly make them happy. He said, for me and all other men, when, Jake, when our wives and girlfriends just tell us that uh, nothing's wrong, how can we as men truly make a woman feel better, and, and what can we do to make them happy? The Lord looked at him for about a minute. He said, Sunday, he said, do you want that bridge to be two-lane or four-lane? <laughs> oh. See, I've already got you laughing. That's that's good. So. Oh, it's good. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm telling you, that's good. <laughs> yeah, you want uh, that two-lane or four-lane bridge? <laughs> hey, there's a lot of truth in that, too. Well, I mean, exactly what is right? I don't know. You know, it's... That is one of the mysteries of the universe. You know, it's like, how do you get a duck call to sound perfect? You know, what what is the is the, is the note you're going to hit that's going to make them turn into you all the time? And when she says there's nothing wrong and she has that look on her face, do you stand there and ask again or you just say, okay, grab your stuff and head on out the door? You know? Well, that's why, with a hobo duck call, you're right. And that's, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't mean this in a bad way. 
Hey, you know the difference in a woman whining on the front porch and a dog whining on the front porch? No. See, you let the dog in, it'll quit whining. <laughs> they love you no matter what. That's true. You've heard that that joke about who loves you more, your dog or your wife? And and well, That's not you know, a joke. And you, and you, like, well, well, put them both in the trunk, lock them in the trunk of your car for about an hour and let them both out and see which one jumps up on you and laughs at and licks your face and see which one goes after a lawyer or a gun. <laughs> you know? That's a truck. I had people talk about five ducking. I, I tell you, I mean, I love my wife and all that, but I, I just don't think, as much as I enjoy love ducking and watching them coming in, I just don't think I could truly enjoy hunting with a woman with a shotgun in front of them. I mean, a big woman that got shot five times being that <laughs> <laughs> I totally <laughs> Let me tell you, like I told the guy, I said, look, here in Arkansas, I said, we are, you know, it's just a way of life. I said, I'm going to tell you, I said, last year, I said, I said, I told my wife, I said, uh, let me tell you something. I said, you know, don't think nothing about it. I said, duck hunting is, you know, I said, it's just beautiful. I just love it and everything. I said, now, during duck season, I said, you're not going to get near as much attention. I said, but it don't have anything to do with how much I love you. Or nothing like it, and you just need to you just need to realize that. And anyhow, it was the first after the first season, it was the last day of the first season, and she's gonna be out. So I told her, I said, maybe I'm taking you out to eat tonight. It's night yours, and I said we'll sleep late, spend some time together. Look, and we've had a great day in the woods that day, and this is how dumb I am. I come in, we get in bed and everything. I look her up in the eyes and everything. Get on her, I tell her, I said, baby, I said you're just so awesome. I said. Uh, you look as good as all those stuff that's coming through the trees. Thank goodness that she realizes what I was talking about. I said, oh, man, I said, that didn't come out right. I said, I might as well tell you look better than a set of snow tires. <laughs> <laughs> you old silver-tongued devil. You always knew how to weigh with them ladies. <laughs> but, hey, look. I'm, 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 oh, I'm, my Lord. I still like them dead, though. I still have had millions of ducks in my life. And I still, I mean, it's just crazy. You think about it. I just don't understand. I mean, I just don't know how in the world something could tear me up so much with orange feet sticking out and just all them colors in the sunlight. But I don't know. It's something that can't be explained. But if anybody hadn't seen it, and I hear all these people say, I'll tell you, I just don't, you're crazy. Why don't you you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go out there standing in freezing cold water and shoot them poor little ducks? Well, it ain't about shooting no poor little ducks. I guarantee you, if they go out there and sit with me, and just say, I'm going to uh, sit here and see what this is all about. And that sun starts about four daylights, and you hear all them wings and everything, and the sun starts to come up, such a beautiful sunrise, and all of a sudden, <coughs> and you hear them ducks in there, and then they go to work in cups up, and just the green and blue and silver and orange and everything, and best of them's going to take it. I said, if that don't light you fire, you would is wet. I mean, uh it just uh, makes you, if anything, it makes you respect life a lot more and things it's given to us. And uh, it's not about the killing. You know that. Yeah. You know, this last well, I, weekend, Hunter and I went out hunting uh, turkeys. And uh, there's there's not a lot of water around here. And, I mean, there's there's darn few ducks. Um, and it just seemed weird this time of the year getting up and going turkey hunting instead of duck hunting, you know. Um, anyway, we were over close to a reservoir over here, and we were up on the north end up along the river. And the sun was just getting ready to come up, and I was standing, we were standing, and hunters never hunted turkeys in the fall, so he didn't know what we were doing. And I, I tried to explain to him what we're trying to do is we're waiting for them to come down off the roost so we can hear where they're at and then kind of listen to them and see which direction they're going and then try to intercept them, you know, because that's about the only way you can hunt turkeys in the fall. If you I thought you were dog. the big boy. Huh? I thought you was going to be the decoy. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Anyway, so we heard we heard them kind of start putting around and stuff, and you could hear them up there making little noises and stuff, and they're probably a good quarter of a mile away from us. And when they hit the ground, you can tell there's always a big commotion. When they get down the ground, they're just like anybody else. When they get out of bed, they stretch and make noise and had a couple short gobbles, and I said, okay, that's where we're going. So we started walking that direction and listened for which direction they were going. And about that time, we're, we're working down along the river there, and all of a sudden I heard an old mallard hit. And then we were like standing there, and Hunter's like, "Where are those? Where are those at?" I said, "They're flying around." And the sun was still down, right? It was just the the sky was just getting that pink color, okay. And about that time, over the top of us, you know, there's a little group of mallards 
went over That's the top. Exactly. And and Hunter just looked at me and I looked at him and he's like, Why are we hunting turkeys again? <laughs> I didn't want to be. I you know, and I was thinking, God dang, this would have been nice just to bring a few decoys out and throw in the river and but, I know what, look, you even had your son, though. You got to see, hear that, you know, hunting turkeys. I mean, life's good. I mean, I had my, look, I was with a buddy of mine. He's a preacher, and he's got a great place to deer hunt. Anyhow, uh, me and him and his son took, uh, I took my son, and he took another uh, young boy, and, and his son took a, uh, his nephew, and two of them had never shot a deer before. And uh, they shot a deer, and me and Kristen, my boy, I mean, we're up in the stand, the whole time there's just deer everywhere and stuff. In the, I mean, it's little yearlings and stuff like that. I said, we'll just be patient. We'll wait. We'll wait. And anyhow, uh, my ex-wife, she uh, sent me a text. She said, uh, uh, did you kill anything? I'm taking pictures. And she didn't tell her. Uh, she said, shoot them. About that time, uh, Peter goes off. And this little young yearling uh, comes running as hard as it can and gets right up under the feeder just as cute as it can be, you know. And I took a picture and said, I said, would you shoot this? And, uh, which I didn't get no reply on that. And, um, Drake says, I'll shoot it, though. I said, well, I'll take you this next week. But anyhow, I put, there were some rattling horns up there. I put, I put it on, they're just up there having a good time. I put, I said, put that upside your head. I took a picture of him. I said that to Drake. I said, look, nice rack on one side. Idiot on the other side, <laughs> and that's when we got deer all in front of us. But he ends up shooting one right about dark. But you know that was really cool uh, up there. You know, with uh, friends and family, and uh, uh, with two little young boys that got to shoot the first deer. And man, you know, seeing their expression on their face, and then, and then just get to spend time with the kid. You know, I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. We got to enjoy what we still got like that, and just when we can do that, you know, life's pretty good. So it ain't all that bad. And today, I went, my daughter cut my hair a while ago. I had supper with my son and uh, his girlfriend, and they were headed to church. And I was coming back instead of going to church to talk to you. So, well, you thank do? you for doing that. I, you know, there's, it's kind of funny. Three years ago, this conversation would never even talk taking place about going to church. You know that, right? Well, it probably wouldn't have been, but I tell you, we need to realize a lot that's going on. And I got another story for you too. Sometimes about that, how uh, I was kind of set straight over something. So uh, about well, I was wrong about the difference. So I feel a lot different. It's all good. I'm happy. It's well, good. That's good. the that's, that's the important stuff, thing. I mean, it, you know, I can't honestly think of a time when we've talked when you've been down in the dumps. I mean, you've had you've had some bumps along the way in the last several years that I've known you, but. You never seem to get on the on the downside of of it. You know, you always seem to have a positive attitude, and uh, you know, you're kind of like, don't take this the wrong way, but you're kind of like that Forrest Gump guy, you know, or that uh, Joe Dirt guy. You know, you know life's going to be good if you if you just keep you know facing with a positive attitude. It's all how you make it, brother. You it means you got to be out and it's 115 degrees and we got paint on the inside and we're in some new, you know, blah blah. We can make it better, we can make it good, ever how we want to do it. So, I mean, you might as well have the positive side. And uh, it is all good, as long as we got our health and thing. And I've been blessed much in And if you got the right attitude and your mind's right and you think positive and it is positive, then you got to If you don't take it, it can't happen. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I'm thinking I'm going to win the world this year. Well, there's so. a couple guys listening on the show that uh, they're going to go out there and give it a run for the money, too. You know, there's a couple hey, and I'm always thinking that. And if this isn't positive, Brad Allen calls me and he says, are you not coming to this two men? And I said, look, brother, it was only 45 minutes away from me. I said, I'd be there. And I said, but there's family times more important. And I said, and if he had shot a nice buck, I said, but we're going to be hunting this afternoon. They can find you another partner. He called me and he says, and he says, you owe me $250. He said, me and somebody else is tied for first place. He said, and they messed up on the butt call, and we didn't win. You owe me 250 I said, I'm going to talk to Christian. He owes you. And I said, you know what? I said, give me that phone back, Christian. I said, Brad. Because he told me he won the main street, and that paid 500 too. I said, Brad, listen. I, I said, we're good friends, and I don't want to do anything to come in between that. I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on. I said, I believe you. I said, listen, I'm going to pay you at 250 He said, okay, then I'm happy. I said, but hold it just a second now before we hang up. I said, didn't you win the Main Street? And he said, yeah. I said, that paid 500 didn't it? He said, yeah. 
I said, well, I would have won that myself. I said, so I'm going to give you that 250 and I need the 500. I said, you can just make that check out. 250 <laughs> <laughs> so you just got to stay one step ahead of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brad's good people, man. He really is. Hey, so when are you going to be able to blow in the senior worlds? Well, my gosh, at 31, I, I'm only 31. I said, well, I don't need to be telling the story, isn't it? No, five I was going to say, you were just talking about church. Now you're going to go and start lying about that's church. Right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, but I'm going to tell you something since you're talking about that. Uh, I mean, I can do like that one little boy did. A uh, little boy, he kept lying to his mama, and he kept lying to her and lying to her. And she, I mean, she just couldn't absolutely do nothing with him. And, and he comes in on Monday from school, and he walks in, and he says, Mama, he said, there's a bear out there in the front yard. And she said, Son, I've had all this I can take. You will not listen to me. She said, you're going to your bedroom right now. And she said, I want you to shut the door, and I want you to talk to the Lord about that bear in the front yard. Do you hear me? Uh, oh, boy. I said, okay, Ma. And he goes back there in the bedroom. She goes back there a little bit, and she opens up the door. She said, son, did you talk to the Lord about that bear in the front yard? He said, I sure did, Mama. I said, well, I'd like to know what the Lord had to say about it. And that old boy said, well, Mama, he told me when he first seen that puppy dog, he thought it was a bear, too. <laughs> no, anyhow, but uh, life goes on. Hey, um, question for you. I had uh, a gentleman on the show here, oh, it's been a couple of months ago now. Uh, you may have heard of him, Tim Grounds. He, he kind of blows goose calls and stuff. Tim Grounds, Tim Grounds. Is he a Yankee fellow from up there in Illinois? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know him. I think you might have run into him a time or two. Anyway, he'd just come back from a hunt in New Zealand. Have you ever gone over to New Zealand or ever talked to anybody over there about selling your calls over there? Yes, let me tell you, it's unbelievable. I mean, I just feel so blessed, Kelly. I mean, for something to be up from a kid, the buck hunt, and just, I mean, just amazed with it and all that and everything. And my daddy said, son, you know, I've never seen anybody just tore up. But to now be doing something, I truly... uh, and making duck calls and selling them all over the world, and uh, I take a lot. I may not take a lot of pride in myself, but I take a lot of pride in the calls, and I hand team every one of them stuff. And to be putting something out, and people calling them all. It's just amazing how internet stuff. I sold duck calls in New Zealand, got pictures, and listen, I've got I've got selling calls in Russia. It's unbelievable, and uh, they call them pieces. And some guy, he just I just shipped out ten calls. Uh, Day four years to to Moscow, Russia. And I says your pieces uh, do excellent over here. It's just funny. And one guy apologizes to me. He says, uh, "My English is not too good. I'm very sorry for that." And I, I said, "Are you kidding?" I said, "You speak it a whole lot better than I do." <laughs> but <laughs> anyhow, it's just amazing. And uh, uh, where else is it to uh, France? Uh, and I sent them to France, all these places. I didn't even know they duck hunted in these places, but I get I get these neat pics all over the world and stuff. And it's just in Canada. I mean, I sell tons of them there. But here's the problem: uh, I try to show good quality service and everything, and uh, stand behind my calls. Well, I got to tell people, uh, you know, you got any problem, whatever, call me. Well, here's the deal: whenever you send them to Russia, you know, once they leave the United States. Then we can't track it nowhere. I mean, it, they have to check in customs and stuff, and usually takes around five weeks. Well, I have people from Russia when they order like four of my calls, four of my calls, checking customs, checking customs, and it just takes it takes a while. But it's just it's just unbelievable. And I'm gonna tell you something. I didn't realize, you know, how this blowing a duck call. I mean, yeah, I guess we just take things for granted or whatever. But man, it just makes you feel so good when I have people. Uh, Several times a week, talk, man, I just want you to know. Man, this duck call, I just love it, and uh, uh, you help me out and all that. You know, when you're doing something you enjoy, and then people, and you feel like you got something that's helping people, and then helping them too, man, that just really makes it all great. And it don't matter who the president is or whatever, there ain't nothing they can do about that. <laughs> that's all good. And then, listen to this. I, I called St. Jude's Hospital the other day. You know, trying to do the right thing. So I told him, I said, look, I said, I've got a uh, buddy. I said, it's a lot of doing stuff. I said, if you got a young boy or girl or both, I said, uh, won't cost me. I said, uh, parents can come, whatever. I said, if you my hunt, do whatever. I said, you know, anything that might change your life or whatever. But we don't do any of that. 
You know, it's kind of sad because yeah, I told you the story, you know, last year about Charles telling Charles Petty that uh, uh, his daughter or something, anyhow, was in a hospital in Georgia or something. Anyhow, this guy and this boy uh, that I don't know if he was going to go duck hunting. He needed to go this last year that he was 14. And anyhow, he was trying to do a make-a-wish deal, and they wouldn't grant a deal. Well, I, I sent the boy... Uh, Duck call, DVD, necklace and stuff, and I said, look, he can, y'all can come here and he can go duck hunting with me anytime he wants to. He's wanting to go like on duck hunting with me and so all stuff. Anyhow, everybody just picked in Jim Ronquist with R&T, took him on a hunt, and filmed it, and I think he killed like one duck, and I think Max donated, gave him some boots and stuff, some Wilkerson jewel, I think, gave him a ring, and I mean, everybody just went away, and Charles took him on duck hunting, and he killed one more. Naturally, the last day he's going with me, him and dad, and he's not going to get to hunt very long. And I call him, uh, his name's Cole. Just, let me tell you something else. You around this little boy, and it'll make you feel so much better. Uh, I mean, and appreciate life. So, uh, because the boy just, I mean, just acts like he's got the whole world by the Man, just act, I mean, doing good, acts like he had the whole world by the butt. Just as, I mean, just as uh, sweet, nice, thoughtful person as you can be. We get out there. And it's before daylight, and I call him the thing. Well, if he told you where to go to the woods with me, he said, yeah. I said, we're going to get him in the woods. And we're going off the cash river. Anyhow, we get in the woods in that morning, and it's right before shooting hours. We get a big bunch in before shooting hours. Well, you know, he didn't get to really see him or nothing. Well, then after after shooting hours come in, had a bunch coming in. Somebody shot and kind of fired them. Well, we've been standing there. Like I said, they ain't going to get to hunt very well. It's a beautiful morning, Kelly, and in the woods, and been standing there for over 30, 45 minutes and hadn't seen or heard a duck. And I was like, hmm. I was up against the grass, Lord. I said, this ain't nothing about me or nothing. I said, but let me tell you something. I said, this kid just touched my heart and everything. I said, in such a big case, I said, and it, if it just be your will, any play in the world, I just like, it ain't about killing. I just like when I get to sleep about that time before I can say anything else. Hey, Mallard Drake. Looked up and called that old Drake, just locked up, stayed in. Anyhow, I said, Cole, buddy, his name's Cole. Yeah. I said, can you shoot him? Yeah. I said, when do you get ready? You shoot him. And he shot him. Well, guess what? That's what we killed over a thousand ducks last year, and that's the only one we got uh, with me with a band. And I had a band on it. This boy's four, and the oldest duck, I ever know, this boy was 14 years old. Duck been banded four, I called it in right then. Duck been banned in 14 years and six months. Six months. Oh, my gosh. Hey, how you beat it? That's, that's got to be some sort of a world record for Mallard Drake. Yeah. Hey, but let me tell you something. How long, like seriously? That, hey. well, you know what the average life expectancy is for a, a Mallard yeah. in, in the wild? Probably four, five, six years. At most, five years. Yeah, Charles got one a double band on it. It was 11 years. That was the oldest one like that. But I had... Uh, the guy that was my first inspiration boy that called one that I bought him out of the coma with, uh, that uh, uh, died a few years ago. Anyhow, he had a mallard hen over 15 years of, uh, that he'd raised since the old one. Is that something that just kept right there in the pen? I'll be darned. But is that not cool? I mean, it's not how old, yeah. but it's just a fact period that, I mean, praying like that and everything, boom. <laughs> so, yeah. You better watch for what you pray for, but sometimes it happens. That's true. Well, so what's going on? What's new with Hobo Calls this year? I'll tell you, I'm just excited. Uh, well, this year it's all about what's good. I'm working, trying hard to come out with, hopefully, I have a uh, new po- all-poly call out this next year, and I'm for sure going to have out uh, Hobo's uh, Duck Callers Encyclopedia DVD, and what it's going to be is anyone ever interested in meat calling, two-man meat, live duck, or Main Street, get all the ins and outs here, and I'm gonna break it down, you know, show the difference and, and tell the difference in the Main Street uh, uh, meat calling, live duck, and uh, two man. Which, you know, Main Street is, you know, strictly more or less you could say being judged on volume, control, fanciness, and how well it's put together. I mean, it's not anything to do with calling ducks, but it helps as far as we could, you know wind and control as far as when it comes to separating them. But the meat calling is, you know, it's 90 seconds. And you have a miniature hail and come back, and the rest is, you know, realism and stuff. And live duck is 60 seconds, and you don't have a hail 
come back. It's just uh, do whatever you want, but try to sound like whoever sounds like the most different realistic ducks. And actually, actually, meat calling should refer to live duck because really and truly, uh, I can tell people on, in the meat calling. I mean, really, you might as well drop the hell and come back and make it all live duck uh, because I mean, you're not ringing the call or anything like that. So you're not going to ever gain no points. On a, on a hill call or comeback call, all you can do is lose them at points if you mess up. So uh, it's something you're really not hardly judged on. So, I mean, it's off to get to the duck, so you might as well just blow it up. But here's the thing about it. Like he asked me, the guy asked me about how much it means to me and all that and everything. I said, look, I said, I've been blessed so much on duck calling and all that. I said, it's like, you're going to make no difference if I win. Make the first cut. I said, I'm happy with whatever comes. I just do the best. I said, let me tell you something about these calling contests. I said, I got into it only because I was so just beat up with uh, hunting ducks, and duck seasons not, don't last all year long. And I said, not in any way do I think that you're going to be a champion caller uh, to get ducks or anything. I said, most of the real world champions can't even blow a duck caller or anything. It's just... Uh, taking kids and, and uh, their kids and stuff like that. And just, I mean, uh, like Mr. Crump, the guy brought out of the coma. He's never been in that calling contest, but nobody could like it any more uh, than what he did. And, uh, you know, the contest is great and competitive and all that, but it's the people that you meet and all over the world. I mean, uh, there's not probably any state that I couldn't call or go see somebody. And you, these people that you meet in duck calling, you know, you talk about this, all these judges or this judges, you know, you're always going to hear this or that, but really it's a great bunch of people, and you meet a lot of good people in it, and it's the friends that you meet along the way. Uh, it makes it all a flaw, period. I mean, uh, the thing that gets me nowadays, I mean, period, uh, it's not about what all you blow. It shouldn't be, you know, it's just you ride together the contest, you help each other. I'll help anybody any way I possibly can and any way to help them. It's not about uh, trying to hide anything. I mean, you go and try to do the best you can. If you don't, you know, you help your buddies, pull them for them, all that. But kind of now, it seems like a lot of it, it don't mean anything. Everybody's not that way, but it's kind of disheartening. On some of it, you go and it's just kind of like that. Some of them just born now and get in the contest, and it's like whatever you call you're born, and you don't have nothing to do with somebody else. You know, to me, the call that you place to your lips shouldn't have a deal. On, on who your friends are or friendship or you ain't got much of a friendship like that. But it seems like a lot of them born now just because they think it's cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you do something because you love it and like it and enjoy it, you know. And it's not, everybody's a winner that gets up there. I mean, period. Uh, and like I tell people, you get on the stage and when you walk up on that stage, if you try to go... You don't worry about what somebody else is doing. First of all, when you get to a duck calling contest and you go, man, oh, man, they sound good. Oh, oh you just drive yourself crazy. I mean, everybody sounds like royal bears, period. But the thing about it is, is you just concentrate on what you're doing. And when you walk out on that stage, like I tell people, when you walk out on that stage, you try to blow exactly what you've been practicing. And when you walk off that stage, if you blow what you have tried to practice and you've done it right, then you have won no matter whether the score comes out that way or not because you did all you could do. Now, whether it's right or wrong, you're going to be able to learn and uh, see how you come and adjust from that. But uh, The way I look at it, like I always said when I worked at the Gold Strike, everybody's a winner. The guy told me well, you know, I had in. somebody on not too long ago. It was a young man that you kind of put in the direction of Echo. Um, he works over there now with Rick. And uh, he just got his ticket punched here this last year at Kansas City. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. You don't know who it is? You're the one that walked uh, up to him after contest and said, you really need to talk to this guy about blowing one of his calls? I have no idea. I talked to most people. I said, whoever. Huh. Well, he's just barely 20 years old. Um, he works over there for Rick Dunn now. And he had all kinds of good things to say about you. He did? Yeah. Hmm, I'm not throwing some money. <laughs> uh, uh, Tyler? Tyler Bashir? Yeah. I say I think about it. I didn't know he was working for Echo. Yeah, he started working over there. He was over there an awful lot all the time. And uh, 
finally Rick goes, hey, you know what? You need a job because he was always helping around the shop, kind of cleaning up and stuff. And so I guess I guess I don't know if Rick really needed him or he realized he was probably going to get in trouble with the labor department since the kid was working for free. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I've done to Rick. Rick, you know, and like I said, like people ask me, uh, and, uh, let me tell you something. I said, and I, I my ducks full of, my calls are full of duck, make realistic sounds, all that. Like I tell people, look, you'll hear me say everything, but you're never gonna hear me say better than Echo, better than Richie Thomas. Something. First of all, you're making a statement. All I can tell, I'm not in competition with nobody, uh, and uh, I like everybody. And if you got a call, uh, you know. Opinions are opinions and facts are facts. And if you got a call and make all kinds of stuff like that, the fact is you got a regular call. Well, Rick showed me how to make duck calls years ago and stuff like that. Well, I go down there and I come out with foul mouth. First, I was just making hunting calls. And I, I waited. First, I'm going to come up with a name. Finally, I came up with foul mouth. If you want to speak foul language, do it with foul mouth. And I saw the name Buck Gardner. I could buy it back anytime I want to. But he had to use it so long. Well, I go to Rick. I told him, I said, look. It sounds better than what you got here. I said, look. And I didn't mean it, but nothing. He, at that time, he only had open water. And I said, look, you need to make it a little bit shorter, put some, you know, more bottom in. Uh, people go to have them louder. And then I talked him into doing, like, uh, uh, XLT. And now, that I mean, he don't even sell them open water hardly. But, you know, what's funny is I took, you know, that, that was fine me. And uh, I took and read Justin and, and just had inserts cut out, cut out, cut out, same way. My CU2 and Tracy. Now, my timber can be either one because the borehole is so small. But, I mean, I got it digitized. I mean, just what I thought was the very best. And then I hand tuned all of them. But, you know, uh, after that, Rick came out with the pyramid. And he said, uh, I told him, I said, look, you got to quit comparing these. And uh, to prime meat. I said, you're not the same. I'm always messing with them. And, uh, you know, he told me uh, last year that oh, he was busy or something. I said, well, I'm kind of caught up. I said, look, i come down there and help you out. If you need some help, tell Jonathan come back. Of course, I never told him no different. I go down there and he told me, he said, go over there. And he said, cut out uh, about 15 of those pure meats and come over here and said, sand it down on the back end about 10 times, about five on the front. I said, man, you're sanding them away. He said, just do it. And I did, and I put a quart right in, and I blew it. He said, that's what I'm talking about. I said, you like it? He said, oh, yeah, that's Echo Way right there. I said, is that good enough? He said, yes, let me hear it again. Yeah, I blowed it. And, uh, I took it apart and done something else, and I bought it. I said, that's the hobo way right there. <laughs> and he said, whatever. Look, this is so funny. It's just me and him and Johnson Morton, man. He's going to walk out shop, and he said, listen, he said, I'm going to be gone about an hour. He said, if a phone rings, uh, he said, well, you answer it. I told him, I said, yeah, Rick. I said, uh, please come over here. And I said, these calls are going to sound right on one of them. About that time the phone rang, I picked it up, and Rick's there right beside me. And the guy said, yes, sir. I said, echo that call. And he said, yes, sir. He said, I'll just call and check. He said, how often should I change a uh, court in one of your open water calls? I said, well, sir. I said, if you've been blowing it, and uh, I said, you shouldn't have to change it at all to talk during the season. I said, if you hadn't blowed it for a while, I said, and you pick it up, I said, you might have to take the uh, court out and get the court and read it and put it back in. I said, but I said, on a hunting call, you shouldn't have to change it too much. I said, unless it's just not fitting snug. He said, that's what I was thinking. He said, man, I sure do appreciate it. And he said, that's all I need to know, and you have a great day. And I said, yes, sir. And I heard him hang up, and uh, Rick's standing there looking at me. I looked at him, and I said, so I knew he got hung up. And I said, sir, what, what, what's that again? And I said, you want to know my opinion on what I think the best uh, single breed is and the best double breed? I said, well, I'm going to tell you, there's no doubt in my mind. I said, it's hard to beat a hobo prime meat. I said, that's, you know, I said, you don't come no better than hobo prime meat on single breed. And I said, sorry, I'm going to tell you. I said, on a double breed. I said, a hobo I see you too. I said, uh, and I said, they'll get lost. I said, just unbelievable. And I said, what's that, sir? I said, no, sir. I said, we don't make those. I said, can't call him. He called I said, uh, have you got his number? I said, <laughs> I don't know, like, hey, no, I looked at him. I said, well, if you got a pen, I can give you his number. I said, I said he's getting the pen. <laughs> I said, here's his number. And then, you know, I said, listen, sir, I said, you have a great day. Call him. He'll pick you up. If you need anything else, give us a call. And I hung up on the Rick said, Johnson? He said, phone ring, you might all get it. I said, look, Rick, I'm sorry about that. I said, now I'll pick up a phone. So, although, I mean, I'm sorry, Echo calls. It's just can't down here retain all our calls. But you might as well have a good time. I got That's him. Funny. I called him one day. It seems like I'm out with him. I said, Rick, I said, I got a question to ask you. I said, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. He said, what's that? I said, just be honest with me. I said, uh, this duck season, 
I said, are you going to blow a hobo or are you going to blow an echo? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got a question for you. You know, um, when Tyler was on here, he was talking about going over to Butch's when Butch was having lessons over there and then when Rick was doing lessons and stuff, learning from each one of them and stuff. Um, do you ever do classes and stuff like that for people? Yeah. Well, I'm not – I'm working right out of the house. I, I go and uh, laser engrave all my saws and all Right now, I'm uh, rubbing up my ship right out of the house and stuff like that. But I have people come over uh, all the time. I mean, it's not, I don't have the deal set up that, you know, like Rick's got classes like on Tuesday night. Uh, Butch has a deal. Uh, but I, I'll help anybody uh, anytime, and pe- I'll have people come to the house. But I don't have a certain time I do it or anything like that. But anybody that needs help, I'll help them, and it don't matter who it is or what they're doing or whatever. And uh, Butch... Uh, Butch, uh, he helps a lot of them. Uh, he wants to work. He'll be working with them on Main Street, and he'll be working on me. Well, you know, Butch ain't want to pull him too many tricks. Well, this last year, this boy from Colorado been working with him. Butch been working with him on Main Street, and uh, but tell him what's now. Don't change any of that stuff I do for him on that. Because I told him what's the deal on the meat collar. What's funny is uh, this one boy, he called me, and he uh, bought the meat routine for me, and I said, let me hear you Main Street. He bought his main street, and he said, what do you think? I said, now, look, whatever Butch tells you, you need to do it. I said, but uh, I'm not sure about, uh, I said, you need to ask him about that one thing. I said, because uh, uh, I don't think that's exactly what he's wanting you to do. And he said, okay, I'll ask him. And uh, Butch had called this boy or something, and I, I'm in the store, and I left my pony, and I come out, and I've got a I've got a, a message from Butch. Kent, uh, I don't know what in the world you think you're doing. But I, I'm telling these boys what to do, and here you are uh, trying to change his whole routine and everything like that. I'll tell you, I don't like it one bit, Bob. <laughs> I thought, what in the world? I mean, you know, I'm telling them, listen to Butch and, and this and that. I can't believe this. I called him out. He said, I'll tell you one thing. I said, Butch, what in the world? And he started laughing. He said, how's it feel to have one pulled on you? He said, I told that boy I was fixing to get you good. <laughs> I'll tell you. That's sweet. <laughs> Hey, somebody wants to know. Um, they want to know if you get. If since your name's Kent, are you sponsored by Kent Shells? No, I'm not. Do you know this? Kent is the only person that uh, actually they offered me a blow. You know, I was first going to get shells. Uh, sent Kent a uh, deal, and I said, "Listen, I said I need a shotgun shell sponsor." And Kent's the first one I'm asking. I said, "You know, y'all have a good shell." And I said. And since my name's Kent, I thought it'd be pretty cool. Kent, uh, you know, uh, sponsor Kent. And I said I've got a new name for a waterfowl log uh, that would be good. It's called Eat Up and Feed Up. Eat Up with Feed and Leave Feed Up for ducks. And anyhow, they often ball uh, wholesale and all that. Well, uh, Kelly Swanson, a great person with a heavy shot. I get I sent a deal because I really like heavy shot. I sent a deal. You know, I'm not looking for bud sponsor, just looking for. You know, hot people and all, all that. Man, uh, Kelly says, now listen, if Heavy Shot sponsors you, are you going to go with somebody else there? I said, no, I'm looking for long-term deals, which sponsored Drake and uh, Heavy Shot. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty neat deal because I've not ever met her personally. And uh, for, hey, I'm listening, okay, it's been pretty good to talk to a woman and, and uh, never met her. Maybe that's good, though, but. Anyhow, she's a great person, and Heavy Shot sponsors my shells and stuff. But anyhow, we were coming out this last year with a hobo Heavy Shot. So, and I told her, I said, look, I said, I don't, I said, I will sell anybody. I'll mix and match any colors or anything. I said, but I don't offer just a wood acrylic car. And I said, and I said, I'll do this because, you know, and if I don't believe in something, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not looking for all kinds of sponsors or anything if it's not uh Something I believe in, I, I'm not going to recommend it or use it, I mean, no matter how much money or whatever. But, anyhow, I said, look, heavy shot is a great shotgun sale. And I said, I'm going to do something with you. And I said, kind of help because our worldwide polls, I said, we can come out with a hobo heavy shot. I said, we'll make it out of a, uh, just a green uh, diamond wood barrel with a, looks like a steel shot uh, gray acrylic insert. And I don't offer just a wood. I mean, I'll sell it, but I don't offer just a wood acrylic. And I said, we can do it in single double rate instead of calling it prime eight. And I said, you too. I said, we'll have heavy shot one, heavy shot two, heavy shot one for single rate, heavy shot two for double rate. And I said, 
But y'all just help, you know, you place your orders ahead of time, like give them two months ahead of time or whatever. So I, mean, I said, no, you know, clean them all, ship them, you ain't got to do nothing except get the orders. And anyhow, that's when they had the hurricane. So anyhow, uh, it didn't, but we couldn't get enough wood on it. So it had not too, but uh, heavy shots, good shell, cancer, good shell. Just, I mean, there's, you know, there's different ones that just, uh, as long as it's a real good product. You know, great, uh, great. I mean, like, like I said, there's a lot of different stuff that's good. But as far as like camouflage on the person, like I tell people, ducks, flare from shiny objects or movement. Uh, you know, your blind needs to be uh, brushed and low profile and hidden and uh, whatever is around. You know, the, for the background. I mean, you want to kind of use that stuff. But but the thing about like Drake and, and uh, heavy shot, heavy. I mean, let me tell you something. What I was shooting before heavy shot is, look, the way I look at them is, if they're 10 foot away from me or whatever, it don't matter what you shoot them with, they're dead. Dead's dead. I'd buy a super kill with the cheapest shot because I'm a poor boy and everything. And, look, heavy shot, sent me all these shells. My goodness. you talking about, let me tell you something, you shoot a duck on the water and it'll roll it completely over. I mean, they're bad to the bone. I mean, it just lays them out. Well, I tell you, <clears throat> I bought a first my first case of heavy shot last year. You know, after I talked to you and you and you really thought they were <clears throat> really good. I mean, I know they're sponsor years and everything, but uh, you weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't on the radio, so you were just telling me the real deal. And so I just told Hunter, so let's just get a case of those and use them this year. And um, <laughs> man, it was like it was like shooting high base threes, or, you know, three inch loads of, of lead. I mean, it was they were they were dead beyond dead. You know. Hey, let me tell you something. After a guy, I said, watch this. I said, well, if you're, be a mallard drake flying out, something like that, watch this. Bam! Man, unbelievable. What they're yep. doing. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I, I really uh, get on to me. Uh, G&H decoys called me and want to sponsor me and decoys. I said, let me tell you something. I said, that makes me feel real good. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, as far as growing up and everything, I said, as far as my opinion, probably the best decoy we ever made, G&H decoys. Absolutely. I said, I said, but I'm gonna say this. I said, uh, I'm looking for long-term deals and great products. And I said, and Matt Cantrell, a great guy with Gander Mountain, good friend of mine. He uh, uh, introduced me to the Higdon Boys over in Kentucky and the Higdon Decoys. And I talked to him and stuff. And uh, you know, they've been sponsoring me the last three years on decoys and stuff. And they have got a fantastic product and a great product. And like I told you, know, I said, look, I appreciate it and everything. I said, but uh, these are family-oriented people and good people and got a great decoy. And, uh, you know, if something ever happens, I said, you know, you got a, you know, got a great decoy. And, you know, just like you, they got a great decoy. And just like you got a great duck call. Can't beat it, you know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, I use Higdon's, and they're very, very good. And I was hunting in a place last year we fixed up in a bean field that didn't have no levees. And the pit's right out in the middle. I said, well, you know how to hide that, don't you? I said, you got to make it look real. we cut a tree down where it looks like a tree fell and put that down. Not much water. I took two dozen full-body Higgins, put a dozen on one side and a dozen on the other side, and I took uh, a dozen and a half just uh, floaters that had flop heads. Shoot, let me tell you something, Kelly. We put the decoys out. I mean, you talking about look? So I said, with that, and how about that cost? It's going to be cheap, and ain't got a chance. <laughs> but anyhow, it looks so real. I mean, that's the whole deal. Natural, you set up natural. Like I tell people, they'll go where ducks are at, and they'll set up here instead of where the ducks are because it's easier for them to set up. Look, no matter where you're at, the ducks is just like a woman. They're going to tell you what they want to do and where they want to go. You ain't got to worry about that. So you go to where they're at. You set up is in every way you possibly can uh, to do what you can. And then they still got the advantage, you know. And then when you blow a duck call, like I've had buddies hunting with me, it's great callers, and uh, I'll look and we'll have ducks right over the top of us, and I'll be looking over there and they're calling and they got their heads straight down. Hey, where they at? I mean, where they at? What, what are you looking at? They're over. How do you know where they at? Look, I mean, unless it be sun or something like that, I never take my eyes off the duck. I, I what? I pay attention to every. I'm trying to blow everything in the world at them, and I, they'll, you know, I'll see what they react to, what they want here. It's different every day. 
you know, it may be a solid quack. It may be a bouncing hen. It may be, you may have to call all the way to water. You may have to do this. You may have to do that. But you pay attention to what they're wanting to do and and, and never take your eyes off of them or you love to lose them. But that's like Keith Allen. You know him. He's yeah. a great friend of mine and just, I mean, great person. And just, I love hunting with him because he just gets tore up about it and just enjoys it. Just like me. I mean, it don't matter whether it's one duck or 500 comes. It's just so pretty and tears me up. Well, I went over for cheese hunting when they still got a couple of years ago during our split. And they got a deal called a log pond. It's a point that comes out that's almost looks like a four-lane highway. I mean, it's so wide going down through there. And they had uh, full-body specs down at the point, And they had a dozen half full-bodies all around the blind. I mean, and the grass and stuff in the blinds completely buried in, you know, water all the way around, like a little peninsula. And the ducks were coming off real foot laces, and so the ducks were coming off real foot lake, going to what they call G bottoms. And it's a beautiful day, and that first day, it's funny, it's good old boys from Indiana, and I was calling them Yankees. And uh, that wind's blowing about 25, 30 miles an hour, and we're having break ducks coming off of a uh, real foot going G bottoms. And this one bunch is coming, and he's calling, I'm calling, he's calling, I'm calling, and ain't reacting nothing. All of a sudden, I blow a, a lazy hand just. Man, just down, just, man, they all just cut. That's what it is. That's the time I come back with lazy, and he comes with because he's paying attention and everything too. And he come back with lazy, and they both come right to us. And you know, we get some tickle when they're awesome because that we just both knew we were paying attention to you know exactly what they react to, and them boys didn't have a uh, clue why we was laughing so hard, but. Listen, that's the first time I've seen it like that over there. It's so cool. They were wanting to come over the decoys on the water and everything and come uh, over the full boat. They were wanting to light on dry ground right in front of the pit. And old boys from Indiana. So I said, yeah, you Yankees are complaining about them being too close. They're trying to light right here in the pit on dry ground. That's too close for you. I said, I'm sorry about your bad luck, but that's the kind of complaints we will handle. I said, just uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead and do it. But, it's so fun, you know. That, that takes a that takes a lot of stones to complain that the birds are coming in too close. I mean, you know. Absolutely. And back when we uh, were being and we'd be we'd be at, uh, we'd be eating breakfast uh, like at eight o'clock in the morning sometimes, and guys like four days, three mornings in a row would be there like eating breakfast. Man, you know it's all great, but you know we're just slamming it out too quick. I said, look, that's the kind of complaints I can handle. Just keep them coming like that. I said, uh, I can handle that. But let me tell you something about a guy. Let me. If you go out there and you limit out by 8 o'clock and it's all working good and everything's fine, you know, that's that's all easy. I mean, if everything's working right, it's easy. But let me tell you something. Uh, whenever there's not many ducks and it's tough and you're having to work out, they don't, you know, they think more of you like you something when you've got them real quick, but they don't realize how hard you're working when there's not many ducks. But, yeah. You know, it's all good. And if, they, if there's any way to get them with a duck call, I'll figure I can get them. I've been blessed with a... Uh, I ain't been blessed with much except I know how to put duck and they call on how to sound like a duck. And that ain't a lot, but season's getting close by, so it'll help even that much more before long. Yeah. Well, have you have you by chance been over to your brother's place this year, his new hunting lodge over there? My brother's place. No, since Antonio. Oh, yeah, I've been over there. Antonio, he is a dandy hat boy. Uh, <laughs> it's something else. They got over uh, Matter of fact, that's why I went and done the deal with the producers from... Uh, Hollywood, and uh, they want, and Antonio's one of them, you know, and Antonio, I'll never forget, Rob Watts, whenever he got out of duck calling, uh, I didn't have no partner, and was going over at Memphis, and uh, Antonio said, I'm signing this up right now, he said, brother, we're going to have a little salt and pepper right here, salt and pepper, and you know, me and Antonio won, and, and it's come by the cell and Antonio called me, he said, man, isn't that great, I said, yep, yeah. I said, Antonio, I said, listen, if this all goes out good, I said, me and you will come out with a TV series called Everything Goes Good with Salt and Pepper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you two guys, I swear to God, individually you both just kill me. I, you know, it would be an absolute hoot to get you both together, you know, at one time. I don't think there'd be a whole lot of hunting getting done. It'd be more BS than the blind and cracking up and jacking around than anything else. Hey, listen, that, you may be thinking that. But I and I will say this: I am the most serious person you'll ever meet in your life. It seems so unserious about everything. But uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, 
I'm serious about them, but you might as well. Hey, look, if you can't laugh and have a good time and all that, then why do it? I mean, you know. I know. I hear that. you. I hear you. Yeah, well, listen, it, I've, I've done that well, yesterday. I, I I was praying and everything. I said, Lord, I said, I'm happy today. I said, I hadn't sinned. I hadn't done anything. I don't know what possibly wrong at all. I said, and I know you got to be proud of me there. I said, now I'm asking for your strength and help because I'm thinking to get up out of bed. <laughs> I never got out of bed. <laughs> I got you laughing. That's good. Oh man, that's good stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. I was uh, just kind of kicking some things around here today, and and like I said, dragging along. And I hope get it wasn't your wife, huh? Hope it wasn't your wife's things you were. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you know, and it, it was just kind of funny. You know how God works in mysterious ways. Because like I said, I just got the message from uh, from uh, Ryan saying that he and his partner got busted up in a hunting accident, and they were getting medical attention. They didn't couldn't do the show tonight, and it wasn't ten minutes later. You called me. It was like, yeah, and seeing your attitude wasn't right when I called you. Hello. I said, yeah, I man, I, said, I just felt like I was supposed to call you. Tree. How are you going to cheer me up? I said, well, you just listen and tell me if you like. <laughs> I asked you laugh and tell me, there you go. And then uh, you realize that you had somebody to get on there, so I'm going to be back. But the next time I'm on the show, I want to be the host and you be the co-op. Or you get to be uh, on there and I get to talk to you. I have a few questions I need to ask you and I ain't got to. Well, that's that's that'd be fine. What's what's one question you want to ask me that you can ask me right now at the, at the end of this show? How do you make such a good booty call? Oh God! Well, okay, you got to have uh, good reads, uh, a proven system there. Um, it involves a, the use of a live chicken. Um, there's a secret ceremony that goes on. I'm not allowed to discuss. But uh, <laughs> actually, I, I'll tell you what um, that wood duck call. Um, first couple of those I made, I sent off some old boys over there in South Carolina because that's pretty much the ducks that they get to shoot at most of the time. And um, I got a lot of feedback on it, and, you know, um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm on to something here. And then when I put that extra hole there in it, you know, because I, I was sitting here and I was going through my box of calls and stuff, and a whole bunch of old calls and stuff, and I found an old herders that had that uh, volume hole in it you could change the volume from one to the other just by closing that hole up they said well it was more in theory than anything else um but i tried that and that's when it it just kind of all clicked and i made a couple of those and sent them off to him and they they just fell in love with them immediately and then it was like just oh maybe three hours four hours after i talked to them about them and they were giving me all the feedback and i was talking to you and you're getting ready was it houston you're getting ready to go down and blow in yeah and uh, and uh uh Real duck and stuff like that. I yeah. That. You got to have a wing. I mean, you took more calls than anything you ever seen. I mean, y'all see somebody trying to grab a blue wing. The funniest thing is uh, when we had to do all that between Brad and I deciding who's going to blow a blue wing kill call, who's going to do this. I said, I got the woody call, brother. But anyhow, I told him, <laughs> you, I mean, another story, I called and leave Brad a message. I said, I've been to Max. I've got you a blue wing call. I said, I want you to listen to it. <laughs> Oh, it was it was pretty cool. And I mean after <laughs> after uh you guys won that down there, I started getting a bunch of phone calls and emails and stuff and um uh, John Chasen picked up one, then he also picked up one of my windtail, uh, my pintail widgeon whistles, and um, I cut the the cut on that. So, you know how you want a widgeon to sound more slurred than you do a pintail, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I cut that for him, and um, man, he that guy he is a perfectionist when it comes to calls. I mean, he yep. he he blows them, he records himself, he listens to it, he comes back, he does it again, he listens to it again. He was sending me uh, you know sound files and stuff, and um, you know, the guy's amazing. I mean, I've I've heard you on a duck call, and I tell people about the time you walked up to my calls up there at Real Foot, and uh, wasn't exactly sure who you were at that point in time. You know, we you talked on the phone. <laughs> well, exactly. But you had you had a beverage in in one hand, and you had a mouthful of dip, and you picked up one of my calls and blew it, and it's like, oh my god, what am I going to do with this thing? You know, and uh, you put it back down on the table, and it's like, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, it made, I've never heard one of my calls sound that good, so I was kind of stunned at that. But uh, that's when you kind of introduced yourself and uh, you gave me a you gave me a, a duck call. You remember that that duck call you gave me? Yeah. 
can you? You impressed my son. No, no, it's sitting right here. (laughs) Right here. It's still in the little bag that you signed and everything. Have you ever had Joe Briscoe on your show? Yeah. Joe, I love him to death. Here he makes duck calls and stuff. He shows me a bunch of duck calls and stuff. And uh, a guy from, uh, uh, he's a teacher, uh, professor at college and Texas somewhere, anyhow, he's over at Joe's, and uh, he said, man, i got to get me one of them, and uh, he bought one of my calls, and anyhow, he called me, and he said, listen, this thing's, because uh, he wanting me to use, I said, just send me a check, and uh, anyhow, he called me, and he said, I'm sending you a check for, uh, I just put in the thing, just mail me a check, and he said, I'm mailing you a check for two of them, he said, if this thing's so good, he said, i got to have one of the others, he said, I hope Joe don't get mad, I said, Joe ain't going to get mad, I said, you got Joe's calls, my calls, whatever, and uh, anyhow, Joe's Sent me a speckle belly call, a good looking speckle belly call, which, you know, that's the only thing I know how to do is a two it, two it, you know. Uh, and if they don't work, I can get them. I was calling him, I said, What am I supposed What was funny, though, was the first one he sent me. I said, What kind of operation are you running? He said, What do you mean? I said, I got a box, and I said, I've done a lot of things. I've shipped wrong calls to people before and stuff like that. I said, But I don't think I've ever shipped a box that didn't have nothing in it. He shipped me a box that didn't even have nothing in it. <laughs> I said, I got the box, it's a pretty box. <laughs> and then he, next time, he left it out on the plane, sent me a call, but Joe's a good guy. He calls me just a lot. Yeah, um, I hadn't heard from him in a long time, and I didn't have his phone number saved on my phone, you know. And this old boy calls up, and I mean went into that Roy D. Mercer thing he does. How big a boy are you? <laughs> like, oh, well, I'll be down there right over my nap. Yeah, he does. He sounds just like him. I swear to God, he does. I'm going to tell you but, something. I, I, the difference between me and him is I'm tough over the phone. You can't whoop me over the phone. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I've never laid eyes on the man. I wouldn't know him if you walked Well, if you need his number, i got his number. I recommend you call him about 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hey, I'm not keeping A lot of fun at that time, is he? Uh, Butch. You can go back to Butch. Whenever Butch, uh, before John bought him out and stuff, and his Butch and the old Max was down there, and Butch, you know, he'd, he'd done ball and everything else, and he worked most of the night in the shop. I'm telling you what, he's going to get up there at 10 o'clock of the night. I don't know how many times I've been sound asleep. be 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, phone ring. Hello. Why are you done? I mean, what am I done? You're lucky you caught me in there. I've been out mowing the yard. What do you think I'm doing? I'm asleep. <laughs> I want you to listen to this duck call. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I'll be calling you after I get me a cup of coffee. I'm going to hear it again. <laughs> but, oh, that ain't right. That's just wrong. What are you doing? You're lucky you caught me. I've been out mowing the yard. <laughs> oh, but he's one of a kind. you got to love him to death. Oh, I've been my meaning God. to tell him, too. They were telling me that he was judging over. Uh, I went to Mississippi and judged the Mississippi State and Mississippi Delta region a week ago, and that's when they had that big meat calling contest in Bowling Green at Gander Mountain. And uh, Butch was one of the judges over there. Well, anyhow, they had a wall of decoys. And, uh, anyhow, he's sitting there, and anyhow, all these decoys turned over and, and uh, kind of knocked him by. Well, I don't know if dumbfounded or not, because, I mean, kind of almost knocked him out. I mean, they all fell on him and stuff. I've been meaning to call him time. I hadn't had a chance to tell him I was going to tell him to give him a whole boat duck call. I wouldn't have to worry about all them duck uh, decoys him in the head. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to change that, but anyway. Well, brother, I'll tell you what. The crew just rolled in. They were on a on a wild, mischievous night of shopping and spending tons of money, and so they're back. So i got to go upstairs and see what that's all about. See what I'm, well, I'm glad I'm you're fine. And... Uh, Enjoyed it, and uh, I want to have you on your show sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Well, Kent, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Tell, tell the family howdy, and we'll be talking to you soon, okay? All right. See you later. All right. All right. Good night, Kent. Have a good one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode of Kelly Outdoors with uh, special guest Kent Cullen. Um Kent's a good guy. You know, he's been on the show several times, and um, he's he's wanted to do this deal where he's the host and I'm the guest and he asks the questions and I answer and I don't know if that'd be a good show or a bad show. It might not might not be a bad thing, might be terrible. I don't know. A little little nervous about the whole plan, but um neither here nor there. Um next week 
hopefully, if they don't get themselves bunged up even more in another outlandish accident, we're going to have uh, Ryan Rooster Lee and his buddy from Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, no, they're both from Tennessee on. And um, then we're kind of going to kind of go from there. Um, <clears throat> got some really interesting special guests coming up in the not too distant future. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a great season. And I just I just want to tell you all thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, announcement: I will not be at the Worlds in Stuttgart this year again. Um, it's not a, it's not their issue or the scheduling issue with anybody else. It's a me issue with my scheduling. Uh, we've got too many events going on from now to the end of the year. Uh, there was just no way to make a weekend happen. So anyway, I want to shout out to our sponsors here. We got the Refuge Forums, uh, Duck Hunters Forum out there. Uh, it's a website. If you're if you're a duck hunter, you need to be on that website. Um, also, Duck Hunting Chat, another website we are sponsored by, and of course. Uh, callingducks.com. All right. Um, our other sponsors are <clears throat> CallerSupply.com. Uh, you can order calls from just a ton of different manufacturers. Uh, best prices on the internet for shipping and calls combined. Um, also, their house brand calls are kick butt, and they got some great specials going on right now on replacement reads and stuff. Um, guts for goose calls, duck calls, etc. Um, and last but not least, me, Kelly Outdoors. Uh, is sponsored by Kelly's Calls. And you can go there and look at kellyscalls.com, and it's spelled with a K, Kelly's Calls. thought about calling them Kelly's Custom Calls, but then I figured there'd be a lot of blowback on that. So in any event, so, um, God, this is a tough show to do. i got to be honest with you. My, my uh, It was just a bad, bad, bad day. It's, I'm going to be grumpy for the next four years at least. So <clears throat> in any event, I just want to say thanks, everybody. Uh, for tuning in to our ladies and gentlemen out there in the military that's guarding our butts all around the world and taking care of business. Uh, prayers are with you. You guys take care of yourselves. Um, and for all of our embassy staff throughout the entire world, uh, let's hope you're covered your own butts because it's apparent that we're not going to. So, Anyway, good night, God bless, and take care. <laughs>